1: Hey, everybody. On this week's episode of Jacob Marley is Dead, you may notice a difference in the sound quality of my voice during our actual conversation. That's because I'm a big dummy and didn't check to make sure that I was using the right microphone input. So I apologize in advance for uh, what you're about to hear, but hopefully, you enjoy our discussion. Jacob Marley is Dead. This must be distinctly understood or nothing wonderful can come of the podcast you are about to listen to.
0: I saw three ships come sailing in on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day I saw three ships come sailing in On Christmas Day in the morning So yeah, it's, uh, I just did two weeks of holiday camps. Um, they were fun. Uh, I've had a new employee coming in. Uh, she's pretty cool. We did a superhero day, and she was the supervillain, and I was the superhero. And so, I'm, my superhero name is Red Herring uh, because I used oh, yeah, to be a villain. Yeah, I used to be a villain, and now you're a little low, but I'm going to bump you up here on my volume. Say something again.
1: Here I am. There we go. Okay,
0: so, I go like, um, so anyway, so I'm the Red Herring, and I'm the superhero at the school, and I get an alert, and all my students who are now superheroes are like, oh no, there's a security breach. We have to go check it out what it is. And we, we run over to the other building, and we go in there, I'm like, oh, it's, there's something in here, but I don't tur- know what it is. And we turn around, and there is the supervillain standing, cape flowing in the wind because it was raining that day. We left the doors open because of COVID, and it's right. just this, the kids simultaneously were like, I know exactly who that is, but what the heck is going on? And... It was just amazing. We were running around the whole place. We had to run out the fire exit, which didn't set off any alarms, but like, they're like, we're not supposed to go. It's like, it's emergency. We have to go, 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 go. And we're outside running through the rain back into the art studio. Just, it was, it was an amazing low budget adventure, which is another way to describe the movie we watched today. (laughs) It was an amazing low budget adventure. Like, if I'm saying yeah. adventure, right? But
1: I will say it sounds like uh, what you did was um, exciting and and really engaging, right? Which is very unlike the movie we watched.
0: Oh, okay. I was really dreading being the only one who was underwhelmed by this movie. Like, oh man, I was because John, we, I'm kind of more of a cynic a little bit. I think like you're, you're like, no, this was good. It's like, I'm, am, I, I, but my gosh.
1: Oh yeah we're was... gonna talk
0: okay so we're gonna um...
1: talk and we are going to talk because you are listening to jacob marley is dead mm. a podcast where we uh put production value into our work lives uh and find that people didn't put production value into versions of a christmas carol oh uh, i'm your host john and i'm
0: his sidekick james jimmy uh, wow Yeah, you're right, John, uh, this pod, this, this, uh, we're going to get into the production value of this, uh, made for TV movie. Um, because John, I was watching captain the, uh, winter, sorry, Falcon and the winter soldier. I'm already giving him the shield spoilers. I was watching Falcon and the winter soldier and the production quality on that. Isn't for television in the year 2021, this was the year 2000. A lot has changed.
1: <laughs> a lot. A lot has changed. Um, so specifically this week, we were watching the Patrick Stewart uh, Christmas Carol TV movie that was released on TNT mm. in 1999. Um, this is our first recording since I became a father a second time. So thank you all for your patience uh, over the last month or so. Ah. Uh. Um, relearning john, how to do this and find the time to actually edit a podcast while parenting two children instead of one is kind of a hurdle um yeah but it's I, a hurdle that i'm happy to take on.
0: john if anybody's giving you any grief about this anybody saying anything like that just let me say something to them don't be a scrooge okay be a cratchit all right this is a wonderful thing i'm so happy john that this is just i'm You can't see, I got a big old smile on my face right now, folks. This is awesome times we're living in, and I'm really happy for John and his family. But we're not here to talk about my friend's family. We're here to talk about A Christmas Carol and uh, the Made for TV one from 2000.
1: Yes, yes we are. So, um, like I was saying, this, this originally aired on TNT in 1999. It stars Patrick Stewart as Ebenezer Scrooge. And um, it's it's kind of a spiritual follow up to the one man show that Patrick Stewart wrote and performed of A Christmas Carol in the late '80s. Um, it's an really? interesting story. He was he was yeah he was on the set of some film and he had basically read through like all of the newspapers that they were using on the set for the show. And I guess he had a lot of downtime or something. He was bored, so he picked up a copy of A Christmas Carol, which he's like, I I knew the story, but I had never read it, and he uh decided that he wanted to try to write a a one-man show version of it so he wrote it with the help of like a dickensian scholar of some kind Mm. um he won a couple of awards for it like the the laurence olivier entertainment award he uh uh, some awards for like one man or like single performer productions Mm. um and this is the
0: 80s you said right like this is character actor patrick stewart hasn't done next generation yet hasn't been uh, way way before this is actually this right here is just before just as x-men is coming out so patrick stewart is about to have his
1: second big role yes so it was actually during um it was during production like season one or two of next generation that he kind of revisited the uh the christmas carol script and actually got it to become like a thing mm. he read it for like a group of like 18 people in someone's living room and they really liked it um no props no costume it's just him performing 30 different characters um he had to like work out because like actually get in shape for it because it was such a physically demanding thing to be on his feet and talking for that long to do the whole story
0: Please tell me there's video of this. I mean, please tell me there's a recording because we got to do I am, this. I
1: am sure there is somewhere, and and we'll take a look at it. Spoilers:
0: uh, We're gonna review that. Like that has. Oh yeah, yeah. And and I want to get find a, a of that. Uh, like a
1: yo ho yo ho oh, of it somewhere. Please, because you that know, we'll see what we can do.
0: That's the type of stuff I want to get on this podcast. Like the really like insane like ways you can interpret this story because you can do it and speaking of insane ways to interpret the story not really this version this one is very paint by numbers
1: christmas yes yes it is so just just some stats on this um patrick stewart was nominated for an outstanding performance by a male actor in a miniseries or television movie in the uh, sag awards uh, in 2000 okay um and perplexingly to me, and we'll talk about this, oh. Ian Wilson, the cinematographer, won an outstanding cinematography of <laughs> yeah. at the yeah. Emmys for this, which <laughs> yeah, I, there I was, must have been nothing else, right?
0: Okay, so I was looking up some character names for this because there are some really good performances in this movie, actually. I'm, yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm going to get into those. But I was like just scrolling through the Wikipedia page and I saw that one. I was like, wait a minute. Just, i like, it's it's Kevin Smith's level chore like cinematography here. Like it's there, there are some interesting shots, but this is nothing groundbreaking. This is nothing new. This is nothing even of great quality. It just there.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I, I I do not understand how or why this would win a cinematography award of of all things. It feels very like. I could see other things in this, maybe winning some design awards, but certainly not the cinematography.
0: You tell me this wins for costuming. I can understand. it. I, I mean, I, I they, the costumes feel very lived in, but cinematography. But going back, this is 1999, 1998 when they're filming it. Television sure. has come a long way. In fact, to the point where, like, I haven't seen it, but like the last season of Twin Peaks, Won an award from a very famous French uh, cinema magazine. Actually, I think it's the Auteur, if I'm not mistaken. They awarded it Best Movie of the Year. So the line between movie and television is very thin right now. If it, if, it, if at all, yeah. this is when that was a very big gap between cinema, between film and television. And this feels like a television show. This feels like TNT, and. Yeah. Um,
1: Yes, it most certainly does.
0: The Sopranos was just coming out, friends, for reference. Like, wow, we've gone a long way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: should we just get into it cuz Yeah,
1: I was going to I was going to say I don't I don't know that I have a, a ton to say in terms of like background on this. I think our our words will speak for themselves when we discuss. So, everyone, thank you for joining us. This is Jacob Marley is dead and we are talking about 1999's the Christmas Carol
0: in those ships all three on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day, and what was in those ships all three on Christmas Day in the morning.
1: So we we open on Jacob Marley's funeral. Mm. We get a really nice shot of uh I mean a shot that's there, I guess I should say, of a hearse going up a hill we get our our Ebenezer Scrooge in a tall black hat one Patrick Stewart uh I guess still in production at this point of of next gen was next gen still on tv in 99 no but he was doing the
0: movies they were there this was post this was post season seven again I'm if you're following the continuity of my Star Trek knowledge I have not seen all of the next generation series just cherry picked a few episodes but they yeah, they've done um they've done the last season of next gen and they've done a couple of the movies they might have been right after insurrection oh, that's the look. there's a lot there's four next gen movies two of them are barely decent um they did the next gen dirty post the series like i mean yeah, but yeah. S- side note of an of uh star trek next generation from the little i have seen there's more bad than good of next generation.
1: Like certainly early on, it gets very good towards the end. I, I would mean, say, yeah, but it definitely, it needs a lot of time to kind of get its feet under it.
0: Um, and we're filling people because there's not much to talk about in this movie. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's even though this is a brand new scene, this is a brand new scene. We haven't really seen from this point of view. We've seen the will reading in one version, but we've never seen the, all the funeral we haven't seen the funeral and that's what we're at we're at marley's funeral here at the beginning of the
1: film so um a couple of interesting things here um there's this there's this conversation that scrooge and the minister and the undertaker have uh in the church after the funeral where scrooge is obviously the only person there right we know from the book that he's the only person who attends marley's funeral um they all, they kind of have this conversation about the whole dead as a doornail, dead as a doorknocker yeah. thing. And it's like, oh, okay, movie, I see what you're doing. You're nope. going to take narration and try to turn it into dialogue.
0: I think that's Patrick Stewart. I think that's his influence from the one-man show where it's like- I, I kind have, of wonder, yeah. Yeah. Like he's got to do the dialogue, the narration that Dickens written as some sort of character. So either he created this scene for that. Or he just like saying these lines so much. He had to work them in there somehow.
1: Yeah. it's. I mean, it's kind of a funny conversation. I think that if you know the text really well, mm-hmm. it's, it's a little distracting. Cause you're like, Oh, this is trying to take narration and just turn it into dialogue and hope no one notices. It's a scene. It doesn't really need to be there, but I mean, it, so it sets the tone with Scrooge, right? Because um, mm. I I would say Patrick Stewart, is one of those people who does not do like another person's version of any character that he plays. Ooh. He really does create like a full well-rounded character. Anytime he plays a role. He's um, kind
0: of a movie star where it's like, it's you always know it's Patrick Stewart in the role. Uh, one of my acting yeah. teachers back in high school was like, they're actors and they're movie stars. And that's a little, like there's a little jab in there, like, like little dig yeah, at movie stars, but... but, but it's, it, I think it still stands true with, like, or I could, you could say icons. Like, Patrick Stewart is an iconic performer who will yeah. bring his life into a role and give it a new life.
1: Yeah. And one of the things that I think that sets Patrick Stewart apart from a lot of people, and um, Ian McKellen kind of falls under this as well, is you do always know it's Patrick Stewart. You always know it's Ian McKellen. But, like, they add a little bit of specific texture to each character that they play. Yeah. Where... It's not like a, so let's say like a George Clooney, who is almost literally the same character every time he's in a movie, right? Yeah. And it's usually great because he's so charismatic, but like Patrick Stewart, if you watch him in like his production of Macbeth, plays Macbeth a very specific way. And it's definitely Patrick Stewart, and it's definitely not the way any other person would play Macbeth, but it's, it's, he has this really unique way of just adding subtle nuance and very specific choices to his his character. And he does the same thing here with Scrooge. I think throughout, it's one of this film's only strengths, to be totally honest.
0: No, there are a couple other things, and we'll get into them. But he's definitely one of the strongest. I think his performance here, as we go into it, like there's a lot of talk at the at the will reading, or I guess just the mm-hmm. funeral. There's not the will reading, but like he goes into like his demeanor about like life is like life is misery is like a real consistent thing with his performance. I feel like definitely. like yeah like. Why would you look for pleasure in life? Life is nothing but pain, which is always there in Scrooge, but really emphasized yeah. this time.
1: And what's interesting here is so, like, let's compare compare this right to Alistair Sim, who mm-hmm. I think, right, like, he, he played his relationship with Marley as um, totally mercenary, right? It, as soon as Marley died, he's like, I'm signing this thing and I'm going to take his house and I'm going to take his money and blah, blah, blah this Scrooge actually has a moment of like respect. It's like the one thing this Scrooge respects is Marley's business acumen, right? He drinks like a little toast to him and he's like the business we built will prosper. Like we built it and I'm going to continue it.
0: We were the strong ones. They were the weak. You did as much as you could in your life and you did a damn good job, Marley. I'm going to take what we built and I'm just going to pile on and make it more and more and more. And it's a real libertarian point of view, if I may say so. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's this, like, screw everybody else because they're too stupid to see the way the world really works. And
1: Absolutely. And we'll I like see that this... play out other places in this movie, too.
0: Yeah, and I think it's a consistent theme. Like, like, we're bagging on the movie production quality and everything like that. The theming is pretty strong. And they keep yeah. it going throughout it. And there are some moments that I actually are some of my favorite versions of those scenes. Uh, but i do like that this theme continues throughout
1: definitely definitely so um after we kind of get over how unfortunate the minister's facial hair is <laughs> um,
0: i was i forgot about it but thank you, you mentioned, they're just like, like, the cybers,
1: like really bad yeah
0: oh oh my gosh but that was the time people didn't yeah. know mirrors yeah. were bad you know <laughs>
1: Yeah, it, no, it's true. It's true. I think that's one of those things I see come up in a lot of period dramas from, like, that are based in and around this time period. And I'm always like, man, they can't have no one can have looked at that and thought, you know, you know what I want to do is like the big, long, very thinning whiskers on either side of my face.
0: John, just go back to the 80s. That's not even 40 years. Some of those. And it's like, obviously, some things have not aged well. Look
1: wise. It's going to
0: happen to whatever we're wearing right now. So don't judge it. Don't look down on it.
1: Move on. My wife and I watched a a season of The Bachelorette that was put on Netflix from like 10 years ago. And even that, you look at it and you're like, oh, oh, buddy, what were we? It's wild. That's really crazy,
0: John. Can I escape the Bachelor and Bachelorette series? My employees talk about it. You're talking about it. Everybody talks about this damn show, and I couldn't give less of an
1: f. So let's get away from the Bachelorette right now. I feel like I feel like I sense a podcast idea coming on where I make you watch a season. Of, I'll pick a really bad one too. This is how things happen. <laughs> no, I don't want it. I don't want it.
0: I make it home. Will you accept this, Rose? Yes. I literally can feel my heart just pounding. It's like
1: um, well, we transitioned to London um Obviously. very drab, very muddy. Uh, yeah. the version of this that I watched was not like the highest definition ever, so it was hard to tell like detail wise how how good it looked, but I definitely like a bleak take this week. i
0: I took the f- I took the three bucks and I chucked it into the HD vision. And I didn't get screwed over like I did that one time we did earlier on with the Outer Sims version. I got It was a much better quality. Um, It's dreary merriment is happening in the town. Like, they're slowly doing a dingy cheering up of everything. I like the intro. I I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think, like a lot of things in this movie, it just goes on a couple minutes too long. It definitely is like a... It's a slow burn that never really gets to like the burning point. It's, it's kind of like a long sizzle.
0: Well, they don't have the punch to follow through and we'll yeah. get into that. Like they know what should be happening. They know exactly yeah. the beats they need to hit, but they can't because of their budget. And that's the real thing that drags yeah. us down.
1: Yeah. 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 Um. So we get this like kind of long establishing shot of, of Scrooge's counting house with like, um richard e grant as bob cratchit hey hey,
0: the long lost not doctor
1: (laughs) yeah truly right um and he's in there kind of i guess he lets scrooge in and then he's like cleaning windows it just felt like it went on for a very long time and i was kind of like are we gonna get to like some dialogue at some point what's gonna happen here that was the moment where i started to become concerned about the pacing of this movie Yeah,
0: this is very, if you've watched any Hallmark movies or just caught a tail end of them, spoilers, this is a Hallmark movie. And by the end, I was like, ah, that explains it. Um, But, yeah, you see these long intros because they're just filling space because they can't shoot more stuff. So they're going to just, if they got a set, they're going to shoot it. All right. Yeah. Look, we paid for the van. We're gonna shoot the van. All right. (laughs) Some mystery science theater fans out there.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, There's this interesting like, Bob takes it upon himself to ask uh, if he's ever gonna take Marley's name off of the sign out front, which feels like. does he ask that question often or is he just randomly deciding seven years after Marley's death to be like, Hey, the,
0: the narrator mentions it, the narrator mentions it in the original text so that he wants to get that in here.
1: That's right. And there there is no narration at the beginning of this, which is yeah. And then we'll get to that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's a weird thing at the end. So, um, and, and Scrooge's response, which I think is actually one of my, one of my favorite, lines in this movie is time will erase it at no cost to us, which I think is definitely like So that's what Scrooge's response is. He says, time will erase it at no cost to us, which is definitely like his, that's, that's his, um, uh, uh, nihilism, right. Yeah. Coming through. It's like, because his name is up there too. So by saying that time will erase Marley's name, time is also going to erase his name. And he doesn't seem particularly cut up by the fact that eventually he won't be here and it won't matter Nothing he's just matters. there to do business right
0: now. I mean, now. Nihilus. He's, nothing matters at all, and except for the money he can make. And it's a very depressing version of Scrooge. Misery, just constantly yeah. with this guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. He also, I get the impression, so I, there are Scrooges who, um, the acquisition of money, like I would say if you look at like Albert Finney, for example, he's like, I just need to have money to be secure right? right because the world is is cruel otherwise uh Alistair Sim kind of similar it's it seems like he's just like either you get ahead or they get ahead right. i feel like with this scrooge it's like protestant work ethic yes it's like work is work and work is what you do and it's really punctuated by this scene where he and cratchit are working because there's this really great back and forth of um of scrooge working at his desk and then um, Bob working at his desk. And they're both facing opposite directions, but they're both just like scratching away in a ledger with a pen. And it's like, this is their entire working relationship. Scrooge sits in one room and writes in a ledger, and Bob sits in the other room and writes in a ledger, and then they go home. And that's like the whole thing. I, I And it's for- it's very like evocative. You really just get like, Exactly what their relationship is, and what Scrooge thinks about the work that they do, right there. And he
0: and you get in this moment when Bob goes to put the coal in and try to make the fire bigger, just the dis- how much he despises Cratchit for being weak. You can't take yeah. the cold.
1: Yeah. What are you yeah. weak?
0: You freaking yeah. Cratchit. Just poke it. Poke,
1: poke the fire. Poke man.
0: at the thing. Get it going.
1: Yeah. So, um Richard E. Grant. It might be my favorite Bob Cratchit that we've seen so far. I have to totally the exact
0: honest. note written right here. He is my favorite Cratchit.
1: <laughs> yeah. He he is Richard E. Grant and naturally is kind of a scarecrow. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's very tall and thin, which I think works really well for a Bob Cratchit because you want him to look a little bit malnourished. Like, yeah. you know, we, they had like that pudgy kind of Bob Cratchit in the first one we watched. And I always oh. felt like, he looks a little well fed for a guy who like they talk of how poor he is, right? Where Richard E. Grant really brings you that like he just looks like a whipped dog all the time. He's very frail looking. Right. Like But he also has that kind of charm that a Bob Cratchit needs to have, like when he's around the family.
0: It's the everyman. It's it's the it's the it's the it's the it's the working stiff. It's the he's hungry. He's not that skinny because he wants to be he he yeah. takes less of a meal and gives it to his kids he's got yeah. how many kids five
1: uh at least right at
0: least I mean this guy's got to feed so many and it's like he works at this job with this jerk Scrooge and Richard E grant just really sells the believability of that like he you yeah. can believe how he gets through it day in, day out. And you yeah. and you can see that he's not blind to Scrooge, which I think a lot of Cratchits do. Like the musical one, he was a he was like oblivious yeah. to Scrooge. Yeah. This guy knows who Scrooge is and sells it really well here and later on has a great interpretation of it. So I'm oh, yeah, Richard definitely. E. Grant is knocking out of the park with this performance for yeah. um for uh, Cratchit. I'm just i uh, have sad it's this version.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's this really funny moment here where he's warming his hands at the at the candle mm. and Scrooge looks over at him and, and it's, it's right after Scrooge had told him like don't put coal in the fire just poke it a little bit and by poking it he puts the fire out so then Richard E. Grant goes back to his desk and is like warming his hands at the candle and my impression of, of Scrooge in this moment is that he's about to be like don't be cute Bob. <laughs>
0: and yet later on scrooge warms his hands by the candle he's allowed to not my employee you get back to work
1: yeah um so fred comes in and is i think like a really nice like appropriately over the top for how patrick stewart is playing scrooge as very like straightforward and businessy and no nonsense Mm -hmm. And, and and he comes and he's like definitely deliberately like talking a little bit loud and um He's, and really getting in his, his personal bubble a little bit.
0: He's turning the screws on to Scrooge. Like, which, that was a sentence. like. But he's, yeah. like, really, like, trying to, like, provoke Scrooge. And maybe in a way to maybe try to break him to see the air of his ways. But he is no shame about being a, in, all in on Christmas. He comes yeah. in with a big Merry Christmas. And it, I like this Fred. Again, yeah. I think... Yeah. He's the right age, he's got the right energy, and I also like how he's just kind of like looking around the office like he does every year when he pops in like, oh yeah, this yeah. place again. Like oh bad this...
1: has it gotten in here? Oh it's getting worse. Bob's okay.
0: <laughs> it's getting worse than last year. Oh sorry, Bob.
1: <laughs> um oh, Yeah, man. this scene this scene plays out pretty well. I like uh the um I like that Fred kind of catches Scrooge in like a little logic fallacy where he's like he's like so you won't come visit me because I'm married. Yes. And mm-hmm. he's like, "Well, you never visited me before I got married. And Patrick Stewart plays like, and this is where my thing with Patrick Stewart, right? I think any other Scrooge would just be like good afternoon and kind of brush it off. Right. Patrick Stewart makes the choice to be like, Oh shoot. He's right. You're right. Oh, uh, <laughs> bye. Go leave.
0: <laughs> but, but then he, go, but the earlier when he's talking about like the love thing. And like, when he says, why did you get married? Cause I fell in love you fell in love. Why wow, are you such a simp, Fred? Like, just, like, yeah, really yeah. Tri- tries, like, again, strength is, is yeah, the thing definitely. here. It's like, you have to be strong in this world, and Fred, you're weak, because you you yeah. shouldn't have gotten married. You should have made more money, and then maybe, but I'm a bachelor, and I'm doing fine. Scrooge
1: is not doing fine. Yeah, no, he's not. <laughs> he's not. Um, There's a really excellent moment where fred bumps into the charity workers like in the street and they ask him for directions so a lot of they, history they're, down they're... that
0: road <laughs> 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 oh we to go down that road there's Ebenezer scrooge down that road <laughs> like oh my god like it's i love this little scene again i the movie's under well i'm choking up on it because On one hand, it's really good, like little beats like this. Yeah, but it's a crap production.
1: Yeah, Yeah, like it's yeah, it's 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 a movie that like won a lot of battles and lost the war. I guess you could say. Um, But they ask him, they're like, you know, where's we're looking for Ebenezer Scrooge's office? Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh yeah, it's just like you know, fifty feet down that way on the right. And then they're like, oh good, we're collecting charity. And Fred's like, all right, good luck with that, man
0: gonna read in the newspaper tomorrow that my uncle killed the man but okay
1: (laughs) yeah yeah oh man well and i like that the bit is that they're like new to the area
0: that was a very nice little detail i thought that was oh because they don't know anything about scrooge's reputation going back even seven years with marley like that was a nice added detail
1: yeah Yeah. which tells you that like people have tried this before (laughs) and that people in the area like definitely know what what kind of guy scrooge is it's nice little world building i don't know i liked it well he has
0: a reputation and we'll get to that in a second because they come in and they ask you know for the 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 usual you know scene and it's a good version of it but there's something afterwards i'm going to get to but let's go about this scene
1: yeah yeah so um the surplus population line lands really well because of the way patrick stewart's choosing to play Mm -hmm. scrooge as like super practical and just like well they're not working hard enough so that's where they need to go i don't know what to tell you right um and the guys are are like and then they leave the line was oh, oh, unme- also wait yeah, okay the the other thing here sorry because i thought this was really funny is that richard e grant like as cratchit he kind of steps into like the doorway of his little like cubby hole when these guys come in to let them in. And then as soon as they say that they're there to collect charity, he just kind of steps back out of the way. He's like, Oh, I know how this is going to go. <laughs> I'm dodging this little bullet. Piece of business that you like, wouldn't even notice if you weren't looking for it.
0: I'm jumping out of this one. I, I, I got no dog in this fight. I can't win this battle. Um, yeah. But no, there's a lot of nice little details like that. Richard is really working his butt off in this movie. I mean, everybody, I mean, there are some performances that not, goes not
1: everybody. Okay, not yeah. Everybody, I'm being real nice but...
0: there. But 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 then again, I I know I walked into this being like I really didn't like it, but there's a lot of good performances. I'm gonna stop saying that. But yeah, uh so but the line going back to the uh line, uh if they're gonna die, they very well do it. Uh it's a matter of fact. It's just like yeah. let's it's ledgers. It's 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 yeah, we yeah. just got we got too many. Let's decrease and we can get back on budget and these workhouses might not be as bad as they are right now because we got too many people.
1: Uh, this Horrible. is why I love the idea of this podcast because we've watched now this is what five, six different versions of this that we've watched. Mm-hmm. And I feel like every single Scrooge has played this line a little bit differently. It means something slightly different depending on what your like underlying motivation for Scrooge's badness is. It's very cool. Well it's the to be or not to be of Scrooge. kind of, yeah, that's true.
0: And you gotta do it really early on in your performance. Like you got this is in a movie or anything. This is within the first act. So you have to lay the most famous line of Scrooge besides humbug and it has to be connected with your character arc for the rest of the film. And if you don't do it, your performance suffers for it and the whole piece suffers for it. Luckily, Patrick is going with this life is what life is, matter of fact, nihilism and this lands, And it's really good. And of course, they get denied the money and they go out. And then we get into a scene that I think is influenced from the Scrooge musical a little bit. We get carolers. And they're caroling at the place next door to Scrooge. And they're, you know, very nice. There's a group of like six kids there. And there's this uh, guy comes out, gives him a coin. And then the youngest kid goes, Oi, I'm going to try Scrooge's. Going back to, (laughs) you like that? Going back to the fact that he's got a reputation. Everyone knows you don't mess with Scrooge at Christmas. Yeah. And the kid goes over there. Not the best singer, but whatever. And Scrooge gets out his beating stick. <laughs> and just, it's the last straw. Like the last. He's got, he's got
1: like a notch on it for every caroler's tooth that he's knocked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got a <the> collection.
0: <laughs> so he walks into the door and gets. This is not just like a moment in the movie. This is the poster to the movie when you buy it on YouTube is Scrooge yeah. about to beat the crap this, out this of some the, kid The
1: paper VHS cover. Oh that you gosh. Got with it.
0: And he scares the crap out of the kid. And I don't know why, but when I was watching it, this is the moment he's almost unredeemable. Like this is the moment Marley yeah. has to try to save him. Cause he's about to go over yeah, the assault, edge. A
1: minor in the street. <laughs> not a great
0: look scrooge be better
1: yeah <laughs> so oh man i'm rolling uh, rocks tonight john that, yeah yeah no it's good it's a good pod uh, my favorite part about this is that the kids literally sing until someone comes out to pay them and then they just don't finish the song <laughs>
0: No, you're probably singing, singing
1: a Christmas carol that I've literally never heard before, which is new. Like whatever song they were singing is like definitely a Christmas song, but like not one that anyone does anymore.
0: No, and they're it, but then again, we'll get into it. They're doing very modern Christmas songs in this, and it's yeah. it's it's interesting. It's very interesting.
1: Yeah. Um so you know, the scene with with Bob and Scrooge and the you want the whole day off tomorrow plays out mm. how it usually plays out. I mean, there's not, I think we're, we're going to probably run into this more and more as we do this podcast where we're like, and then that scene happens and it's about what you'd expect. And then we move on. Yeah. This but version I was... In particular is like the most paint by numbers. Christmas Carol. I think I've ever seen. <laughs> it's
0: pretty bad, but I would say that uh, there's a little Sims here in this exchange, you yeah. know, C- kind of like uh, the way they talk about the cr- half crown or whatever. It's, it's more like that, you know.
1: When he says it's not fair, yeah. he's like, sulky.
0: <laughs> it's
1: not fair. Like, it's really...
0: There's got some stank on
1: it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so but I'm... again,
1: it's like, it's the magic of Patrick Stewart, anytime I see him play a role that like many people have played before, right? he is always able to make words and phrases mean things that they didn't before with his vocal inflection. And I think that comes from being trained to, like, act Shakespeare, which is one of those things that, like, if you know Shakespeare, you know every single freaking word and how everyone has always said it forever. And it's, like, been performed more times than anything ever written. So you kind of have to be able to do that and, like, make it new and make it fresh. And that is, like, my a feather in his cap for this movie because mm. I have now watched many different versions of this, even outside of this podcast, just in... In prepping for this podcast and his take is very
0: excuse me. This guy is Patrick Sir Sir Patrick Stewart. He doesn't just half ass anything and no. the one thing I'll say in this is he's throwing it all at it, right? Like and it clearly oh, yeah. if he's done a one man show about this piece, yeah, he knows he, it. He knows it pretty out. well. He just needed a director. He, yeah. he needed a director to pick those moments out and to say, I know what you're going for here. Give it this twist. You might land a little bit softer. You might not be there yet on your character, or you might go too far if you go here to be believable to go back to where you're supposed to be on your arc. Uh, there's right. one moment in particular where it's like, oh, dude, come on now. And
1: Oh, yeah. like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, it's funny. We could completely be sharing the same moment, or not at all. Totally
1: different, yeah. And
0: both are correct. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it's he's doing he's he's doing a lot of heavy lifting here for the for the movie, but he's Sir Patrick Stewart. He can do it.
1: Yeah. Um. So he he goes home and uh gets to his door and the uh there's this really intense and I would say kind of bad yes. camera zoom thing that happens when Marley's face appears where it's, it's almost like the jaws pull out, push in thing. You the, know, that shot on the beach where it like they pull out the camera and push it in at the same time.
0: It's a very famous technique. It's been used in a lot of movies. Halloween four, the return of Michael Myers is my favorite example of it. But it, it's not needed
1: here and it's it's very schlocky yeah for a movie that has been pretty like i think visually has been pretty grounded it's very teleplay up until this point and then it's this like kind of schmaltzy video move well this um, is
0: remember this is nominated for its cinematography john so how can we critique it well you know
1: yeah it's true um how did Marley's we end like up bashing the Patrick? The st- the void.
0: Sorry, how do we end up bashing the Patrick Stewart version the most so far? Like, listen, like, we hated listen. on some stuff, but
1: um... Peace stew is not the problem. It is, it, it is a lot of other things in this movie. Um, so the the Marley face um, sucks. Is kind of like. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's bad old CGI compositing of this face.
0: No it, excuse. It's like
1: howling from beyond the void. No excuse at Scrooge, which is I've, a little alarming, but it's I, not great. It's certainly not the best one we've seen.
0: We've seen ones that are almost fifty, sixty years older than this movie that are better. Okay, with yeah. half the budget, and the Alastair Sim one is a better use of this. It's just a crossfade. Here they try yeah. to add some like effects on the side it's you know what it's like
1: oh yeah yeah
0: it's like when you get a present for somebody right and it's you should only have gotten them the the little thing but you got them two little things and it makes the whole seem less it was i'm reminded from a saturday live christmas gift actually skit about this it's like this whole thing is just like you're trying to make it look like more than it is and it's making it look worse i would
1: argue that the the like Alec Guinness, slow fade in, slow fade out, not much attention drawn to it. It's just like a quick moment, was way more affecting than this is. Like, I don't feel alarmed by this. It's not eerie or, or like foreboding. It's, I think it's almost so much that it kind of undercuts how creepy it is. Yeah.
0: Like, I was, it really got me to think about like how either I would see something that's a trick of the eye, right? Like, or I see things in my dreams. And, it's not like there is a woozy, like Twilight Zone dimension portal around the thing. It just kind of yeah. is there. It's an image that's also amongst the real world, right. and I think this is—it's not a good effect.
1: Yeah. Um. So he goes inside, and and you know, is, he's looking around with his candle just to make sure that like nothing spooky is happening. We didn't inside. get a hearse. Yeah. No hearse. It's, it's very, uh, so weirdly, so we don't get the hearse, but we get another thing that almost no version has done. So after he locks his door, he's sitting there and he's, he's eating his gruel and uh, the, there are these mosaic tiles around his fireplace showing like Bible stories. So there's like a Cain and Abel um, one and the faces on these, on these mosaic tiles start to turn into Marley's face and like turn to look at him. Which is a, a minor detail from the book that is, I think, probably one of the least included pieces from this text that I had ever seen in an adaptation.
0: So that includes Ignorance and and, uh, and Want,
1: which we Oh, seen... Ignorance and Want gets done a trillion right, times Right, which
0: I thought was going to be way less done in this. This, we've only seen one out of like six versions so far. I'm going to call it right now, John. We're not getting past five.
1: Uh, yeah, I would be very surprised. If I would be surprised if we see it ever again. To I'll, be totally honest with you. I'll admit I've it. never seen it.
0: I I totally forgot it was from the book. I thought it was a choice for this film. Like I didn't I didn't remember it until this moment. Yeah. And Yeah. Cuz I it, what the first thing you see is I guess Cain killing Abel if they're biblical. Mm-hmm. And it's Cain, which is funny side note, completely derailing the conversation, but why not? They're depicting Cain killing Abel with a cane, right? Yeah. We don't know how Cain killed Abel. It's actually kind of a mystery. But it's just funny that they d- went with a cane because Scrooge is almost beats that kid with a cane. And they kind of yeah. near each other in that shot. And I don't know if they were trying to He's connect. He's even it. holding it the same way, like yeah. kind of across his
1: shoulder. I think it's very deliberate. Yeah, um, which is So cool. g- good on the design. That's great. Hey, eh? cinematography nominated. Yeah. Then the um the bells ring and then the least exciting Jacob Marley kind of materializes oh, through the door.
0: John, I was getting so hyped. I was getting amped up. I was like, "This is gonna be epic." They're gonna they're going because we've had really good Marley intros. Alan get like the door smacks open or something happens, and he just walks in.
1: It yeah, just it just kind of drifts in. There's no there's no music. And, it's lame. and I mean, a lot of this movie is not score which i think leads to some of its issues of like not being super engaging there's like not music where there should be um so this marley is my least favorite marley i he might be right? he might be my least he might be my least favorite so far
0: this is the moment i realized i was not 100% in on this movie like yeah I, I was given a lot of leeway on the effects. I was like, yeah, it was 1999. The production value is what they were, but I can get past that. No, this is a bad performance of Marley. This is a real yeah, bad
1: Marley. So I think the effects on this for the time, it looks good, right? Jo- it's it.
0: The jaw is great. The jaw scene is a really good version of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, mean, I, it's I think it's a push. So- yeah, I think, like, the visual the visual effect of, like, him kind of, he's, like, glowing a little bit, but it almost looks like he's he's lit by some, like, unseen candlelight. There's, like, a little bit of wind blowing, but he his performance is, like, sort of dazed and one note. There's not a lot going on with it. Like, I remember when we talked about Alistair Sims saying that Michael Horton's performance was, like, a little bit over the top, like, with the back of the hand on the forehead and all of that stuff, but at least I felt like he gave a crap, you it, know. Like I felt like he was really trying to do something.
0: It was otherworld, right? It was otherworldly, but he was in another world. Like yeah. it, it was it, be, it was acceptable to a degree, but this is just consistently one note and not really the right one. Like yeah. it's just off. And not yeah. as off as something that is the next realm. The afterlife should be like, it's just like, it's hey, Scrooge. What's
1: up? <laughs> I'm just, yeah. Marley. It, it comes, it comes close, but you never, I don't know if he sells me on like the misery of, no. of this condition that he's in. It, it's just kind of a boring, it's like a, it feels like they're going through and doing like a read, not, not a final performance and patch. And, I like Patrick Stewart's response to this Marley, but I think that his response isn't a good match for the way this Marley is performing or the Marley's performance isn't a good match for Patrick Stewart. I will say, because Patrick Stewart is ultimately giving the better performance in this scene. But, but you can
0: only raise up, you can only play off of what you've got. Right. And he's got a crap Marley. So his, his delivery of those really great lines and they're all in there everything about the digestion and like you there's more gravy about grave than you well and
1: and and so there's the the way this scene plays out right marley comes through the door and scrooge is like up and away and and hiding behind you know the edge of the fireplace so he's afraid at first for obvious reasons and then as soon as like the marley starts talking to him and it becomes apparent that he's not going to be like throttled by this ghost or whatever he kind of collects himself and sits back down and starts eating his gruel again like okay i gotta like get something in my stomach this is clear uh, like this is clearly nonsense and he's talking to him that way we get the least impressive scream and chain rattle ever i don't know what this choice was it was really really boring
0: i i i, I can't even at this point john because i'm just remembering it more and more as we go through it And it was just a boring Marley scene. And what was even more depressing was the chains rattling. It doesn't put the fear of God into Scrooge, which is what the freaking point of this whole thing is. Like you've got to believe in Marley. So he's got a little bit of belief in one, even though he's still questioning what's going on. There's none of
1: that here. And Patrick Stewart plays it really cool. Like this Scrooge is not going to be an easy one to, to kind of, move across the line.
0: No, he's a realist and he, he's a skeptic and he's being as skeptical as he can be of everything. And to his credit, that's a consistent part of his character throughout the entire film.
1: Definitely. But,
0: but Marley should be coming at him with hellfire brimstone and he got nothing. And it's a weak Marley scene, which leads into even a sadder and weaker window scene. Oh yeah. That was just pathetic. Like, when you know what that can be, I was just in versions getting bumped up a lot more by the crappier ones out there. Like in my, in hindsight, like you think about like how the begging of the spirits to give was so.
1: Well, and also like his reaction to it and the way that like the music and the sound design like worked to its benefit, even the way that the scenes in that version were, um were, were framed and shot like there's this really bizarre and so here's what i think is happening right so it's 1999 and like lord of the rings hasn't hasn't revolutionized like visual effects in movies yet Mm. and this is a tv movie with like clearly no budget and they are on the cusp of being able to do visual effects that while we know their visual effects don't distract us from the story Mm. and they are past the point of it just being we film an actor and just like kind of composite and project them on and they look like a ghost. So they've got to do this kind of digital, like ghost that floats down and tries to help this woman. And it's all like muddy and paste really weird and like blocked really weird. It's like watching a high school production of a play where they clearly just like are moving people around to move them around without really thinking about why they're moving.
0: It's like an episode of the power Rangers. <laughs> think about the like think about the way an episode of Power Rangers would be shot. Now think yeah. about how they would shoot this scene. This is the exact yeah. same way they would do it. Same type of graphics and it would it doesn't have the heart and it doesn't have the Greek chorus wail. The yeah. the the cry out, the the never-ending cry that they know that they they'll they'll be able to do nothing but they just can't help themselves but grieve and try to connect with their fellow human. And all we get here is sad sack Joe and his one chain walking up to a woman with a toddler,
1: which is sad. It's sad, but it's
0: it's not a baby. There's something about a baby in a mother's arm on a cold Christmas Eve. Like, like that's, that's melancholy dramatic that I could feed off of. And like, I can see and like connect with this is just uh, sucks to be her.
1: Yeah. It's, I don't know. I can't put my finger on what it is. If if it's a pace issue or just like everything in this movie is kind of beige looking. So like there's no emotion coming through in color choice or lighting or shadow. I It's, it's a weird situation to be in to watch this movie.
0: It's the nineties.
1: Yeah. That's I guess that's true.
0: That's just what it is. It's the nineties, man. It's that's beige is the beige. color of the nineties. Like in a lot of ways, just. Eh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, And that kind of does it for this, uh, this Jacob Marley sequence. So we're going to move on to ghost of Christmas past, but before that we have to pay our clerk. So we're going to take a quick ad break. Right back. If I stopped you half a crown for it, you'd think yourself ill used, wouldn't you? Hmm? But you don't think me ill used if I pay a day's wages for no work, do you? It is only one cigar, sir. It's a poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every twenty fifth of December. Hi, everybody. If you're anything like me, you've been listening to podcasts pretty much as long as podcasts have been a thing. And you've always dreamed that one day you would find a topic you were really passionate about and you would make that dream podcast yourself. Unfortunately, in today's day and age, when everybody and their mom and their mom's dog has a podcast, and there are so many different podcast hosting platforms to choose from, it can be a little bit difficult to find something that fits both your needs and your budget. And that is where Anchor comes in. If you are someone just breaking into the podcast scene and you're looking for a place to uh, get started hosting your podcast, Anchor is a great choice. For starters, it's totally free. There's no charge to host the files that you need for your podcast. It also has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So if you're someone who hasn't broken into using GarageBand or Audacity or a more professional program to record your podcast, Anchor has all of the tools you need to record right from your phone or computer. Anchor also provides seamless distribution to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many other podcast platforms, so it's really easy for you to reach a broad audience. If you're looking to monetize your podcast, you can do so with no minimum listenership through Anchor. Just record an ad and put a sponsorship segment in your show, and you're good to go. It's everything that you need to make a podcast, right in one place. If you want to get started recording that podcast you've always dreamed about today, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, and we are back for the Ghost of Christmas Past. So uh, Scrooge is, is in his bed reading the newspaper, which I thought was funny. Like, I like, the, I like that. It's touch. not like he went to sleep. Yeah. It, he's like, I'm so not bothered by this. I'm going to sit and read my newspaper until we get to the right time and prove this wrong.
0: It's a nice little touch that's actually consistent throughout the whole movie. We get a little bit of the flavor of the day-to-day life of these people. Like, We kind of get yeah. a feel for what, I if I did my math correct, 1843 would be. And it's a, it's a pretty nice little touch. And it's, again, that's a consistent thing throughout the whole film.
1: Right. Right. Um, so, you know, he, he kind of hears the bells going off and he gets excited before the final bell rings. Cause he thinks, Oh, nothing's happening. And then the curtain opens up and, and Joel gray is there. <laughs> Joel Motherfucking gray, baby. <laughs> doing his best David Bowie
0: ashes-to-ashes impersonation, and I am all in on this Ghost of Christmas Past from second one.
1: Yeah, so we talked in the last episode about uh, the Richard Williams Ghost of Christmas Past, which was, like, constantly in flux between young and old and male and female and tall and short and, like, has three eyes at one point and then two mouths. And, like, the way it's animated is this, like, insane mind f this is almost like the exact opposite of that which is like joel gray is such an androgynous figure and then you put him in this like long red wig and like it almost looks like a padded like like bra situation that like makes him look slightly feminine but then also masculine like he's just statically all things at once which is an interesting way to approach it
0: i got youth and old age constantly from him and i thought that was if you again with the budget they've got, this is the best they could do. And I actually have to, I really liked it. I thought this was a great interpretation. I think Joel Gray is the perfect choice for this in every aspect because he can. Joel Gray is weird, like, he's a he's a cool yeah. cat, like from cabaret yeah. to wicked to like Chicago Revival. This guy is a weird Oz last season. If you know what I'm talking about. He's a weird dude. And it's an amazing performance. I really like what he does here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely, I think you rarely see this character tried to like people rarely try to portray this character super literally in live action. Mm-hmm. Right. We kind of talked about how like the first really accurate version of this that we got is in this insanely ambitious piece of animation from, from our last episode. So it's interesting to see like someone, say okay here's how we can do it we just need to find the right actor and this is how we dress them and stuff they have him under this like constant bright light filter not (laughs) all the time time. (laughs) were you keeping count too (laughs) i i certainly was um and he reads very passive which we've talked about before but with this ghost in particular that there's this uh, this natural passivity to it where Mm -hmm. it's like the past is the past and it is what it is and you can't change it. And I like when that comes across in like the vocal performance, like this character kind of just walks hands folded, doesn't say much is just there. Right. Yeah. As a couple of like, and is, is kindly, I would say to Scrooge.
0: Like notices things kind of like has a li- very angelic, like, yeah. like, like this. Yeah, definitely. Like, like, like an angel, like a watcher, just kind of observing human existence, maybe there's a like an interpretation or like an opinion of it in there but just like nope this is what was you know very nice
1: very nice so um scrooge comes up with like 12 different excuses for why he can't go he's like oh i've got a chest cold and i'm old and it's a tuesday and and (laughs) oh man i can't Why not? I'm not feeling so well. I got a ton of work to do here. MSG allergy, peanut allergy. I just ate there last night. (laughs) Uh, These are all the reasons that I can't, and and none of them really work. Mm -hmm. And then they end up in the street um, or the road outside of of his old school. Wait, we can't gloss over the fact
0: that they set up the line. Spirit, I am mortal. What if I fall? uh, By my touch, you can fly or Whatever instead yeah. of flying through the window which i should have known at this point wasn't gonna happen yeah we get a crappy chroma key dissolve into i felt like i
1: was playing a mist game yeah. like it was, it was oh. like the wall dissolves and like the, the furniture is still there and then that disappears
0: Ugh, it was very bad. of
1: its time visual effects um
0: how dare I and think so they would do flight? How dare I think by this moment in the film, well, well they're going to. Well, James, yeah,
1: it's almost like you saw something that happens later on in this movie <laughs> <laughs> that, that we need to talk about. Oh, okay. But anyway,
0: <laughs> oh man, I just remembered. <laughs>
1: that's that's foreshadowing for the second episode of what of this two-parter. So y'all <laughs> just have to remember that we said this. Great burst of nostalgia from Patrick Stewart here like he's totally,
0: all about yeah. being in the past and he's looking at his friends as they drive away from the school and he's naming them one by one he gets to Toby who's his best yeah. friend evidently
1: his best friend like Toby he almost
0: cries like he's a
1: Toby everyone knows that that <laughs> classic Christmas Carol character best Toby. bud Toby Toby watch when does Toby reappear <laughs> <laughs> um oh. And then they go to the school um, and I, you know, I thought for a second here, so Scrooge sits down next to his, um, his young self. And so this is the first place I noticed when they walk in the door, uh, Joel gray is not glowing because I, <laughs> I think it's because it probably looked really weird with the intense light that was coming. No, well, the windows
0: well. are so big there that you're getting so much natural light, which they've got to use. Cause this is television. So television production moves, way faster than normal production it's three takes if you're lucky so yeah they're working with natural light on top of that this is i, I get what why there'd be some mistakes with joel gray's lighting there or choices
1: yeah i i read them as choices because anytime he's not glowing it's i think because it wouldn't work with the natural lighting that's already in the scene
0: but it could very well also be mistakes but for you know oh, I, yeah, I, yeah but i think they know what they're doing here a little bit. But Patrick sits down to sad sack of flour, young Scrooge, which is just yeah. yeah. He's just so depressing in that uh, that school right there. Yeah, this might be the yeah. Saddest. There's a
1: there's a point where he walks and just kind of like presses his head against the wall. Yeah, and it's very sad, right? This like lonely, bored kid. So here's where I thought that they were gonna do like an Alibaba thing because like this music played, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be where where he sees Alibaba in the window and Robinson Crusoe and all that. And no, it's just Fran not fan they added an r in there
0: cuz we don't know the name fred, fan like i'm getting messed up now cuz there's they keep doing this john they keep messing with the names to mess with the dyslexic kid who's doing a podcast about christmas carol the illuminati are doing this
1: john to me it's all about me it is it's true <laughs> it's interesting too isn't it so like who we had so far they there was fred right fred yep. had a name change at right. one point um uh, harry. harry it was harry That was in the, that was in the, the, uh, musical. And then we've had Alice. 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 Yeah. Alice. And now we have, now we have Fran to add to the list of arbitrary character name changes. Look, (laughs) my niece's name
0: is Fran.
1: All right. It's close. We're going to add the R. Book it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, this is where I have a note. Gosh, this is boring. This is literally just what I wrote. I think right around the end of the scene with her, because this scene goes on for a while.
0: Do you like middle school productions of A Christmas Carol? Because in this moment, you're getting a middle school production of A Christmas Carol. This is bad, John. Yeah. This, is, this is some bad. Yeah. I mean, she's trying. Whoever this kid is, she was trying. She does this little moment when they're in the car saying, father is going to forgive you. And we all know the scene. They're in the freaking yeah. carriage. They're going back home. And she kinda of just rests her head on his shoulder. And it was at this moment, I didn't know if she was the younger sibling or the older sibling because they flip flop that one every other production. But I'm like, yeah, it's true. like, it's cute. It's a it's a nice happy moment, but I don't think it's earned that at all. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just there because it has to be. Like so many things in this movie, like there are plot beats that happen because they are plot beats that happen in the book and they try to get as many of these plot beats as possible and this sometimes is, it's good and sometimes it's there
0: this has a better batting average of hitting uh like getting as much in as it can than other ones yeah but it doesn't have as good of a batting average when it comes to knocking them out of the park
1: and i can't figure out how that happens right because it's it 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 feels like it is paced like a lead balloon like it this feels like it drags on for so long Somehow, yet it's definitely shorter than like the Alistair Sim version, which had all this extra stuff, but never felt like it was overstaying its welcome. It's, no, it, it's interesting.
0: It was it was trying to be its own thing. And while at the time, I think we were both kind of like, no, stick to the novella because we just went through the novella. I am much more appreciative of, of, of adaptations now that try to find something new to say about this piece. This one yeah. is not. I mean, it, I guess it is. Again, we have a solid arc and theme through it, you know. The cold-hearted nihilism of Scrooge, but it's not a new song, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's
0: a- and they're not um, hitting the notes the right way. They're they're not they're playing it slightly out of tune, but once in a while, squeaking out that really good moment of the song, you know.
1: Yeah. Um. So speaking of songs, so we're gonna move on to the Fezziwig scene with Ian McNeese as Fezziwig, which I thought was a very good casting choice. I really I enjoyed like him in Ian this McNeice. part a lot.
0: I like Ian yeah. McNeese as Fezziwig. I've I'm going to say it. This is going to happen once or twice in this movie. My favorite Fezziwig scene. Interesting. I, we'll t- it's a very different
1: Fezziwig scene and we'll talk about it.
0: Because I think I like it the most because it's believable. It's a believable size of the party. All the other yeah. ones are movie scale, which I get. It's a movie. You're going to do a dance scene, do a dance scene. I could believe this Fezziwig party. This is a party I yeah. could believe would happen at some place where you work. And it just there was a kid there randomly. There was a kid randomly there because there are kids at random... that that wig son. I don't care
1: because he knew Ebenee. <laughs> he knew Scrooge, right? Because Scrooge does that magic trick for him.
0: But he know, but he, but but there are sometimes just kids around at these office parties because people have kids yeah. and they got to bring them to these things. And that Scrooge has his interaction with them, which was really sweet which i
1: was kind of like a save the cat moment in the middle of this movie where like oh look scrooge was like kind of a nice guy so we because we've seen like i'm thinking back to like albert finney right like his young scrooge was like a wallflower kind of like remember like the whole thing was that bell had to like pull him out onto the dance floor and try to like break into his like crusty little shell this young scrooge is like doing magic tricks for kids and he's like 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 twisting Fezziwig's arm to like do a dance. And, and it's a very different take from what we've seen so far.
0: He's leading conversations. He's the, he's kind of the life of the party, like Fezziwig's front and center, but he's having a great old time on the sides there. And it's, it's just like when Patrick looks at it, he gets us a a bit of that back. And it's the power of youth in a sense, like this is young Scrooge. And this is a great young Scrooge because he's, 18 or so at this point like he's a young dude just being happy because he's immortal he's gonna live forever because he's
1: young and that's part of the deal he's got a great boss he feels like he's in a good place in life he's there's a really funny moment where old scrooge is is like looking is watching young scrooge like finish up something in the ledger and he's like Oh yeah, you really filled out that ledger really well. Like he's admiring his own work, which I thought was a very very funny bit and very character consistent. Yeah,
0: he's all, throughout this whole movie if there's a hard working individual, he will appreciate the work that they are doing, regardless yeah. of their stature in society. Hard work in person, thumbs up
1: from Scrooge. Yeah. Um Fezziwig fat shames his wife and then they dance. <laughs> it was cute. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, she They're
0: was into fat, it,
1: so I guess it's fine. Yeah, she, she was into it a little bit. Like that's that's, the, that's their kink, I guess. Is that the, is that the hey hey? Thing?
0: Compared to some other stuff we see in this movie,
1: it's not so cringe. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fezziwig sings a song at one point, which I was like, oh, this is a musical now. That's interesting. I loved it. I thought. Yeah, it was funny. It was good. We we always get this hype about Fezziwig.
0: We always get told about Fezziwig. I like seeing Fezziwig be Fezziwig, like yeah. this is who Fezziwig was. He would be the he would hold court after a long day of work in the holiday season at Christmas, and they would have jokes and merry and conversation, and everybody would have a great time. And but you always hear that, and you see it on the outskirts of Scrooge's story, like you see it on the side. This is putting it front and center, and I really
1: appreciate it. Yeah, it is it's definitely it gives you like a, a fuller picture of who that character is. Hmm. Um I have a note here that when Joel Grey isn't glowing he looks like Pennywise the clown because there's a there's a moment where like young Scrooge is talking to Belle, I think, and and the Ghost of Christmas Past is kind of like lurking behind them a little bit and it's very alarming because Joel Grey is a very bizarre looking No, no, no offense to Joel Gray. He's like a tremendous performer and all that, but he's a very weird looking person. He just has an odd kind of appearance.
0: John, I'm pretty sure his Tonys and Emmys are okay with you criticizing him a little bit. All right. He's, he's doing okay. Joel Gray is.
1: Well, and I think it's not just that, like if it was just Joel Gray there, like, I don't think I would be thinking about it, but he's like, got this like pancake makeup and this long orange wig. And he's dressed in this like kind of frou like, um, a lot of a lot of tool on his costume so it's it's an odd look and then without the glow he looks very unsettling you know it's
0: funny it just hit me it's kind of like he looks like if there was a production of this in like the late 1800s on stage this is kind yeah, of a little bit yeah you could see them doing this whole costume choice and maybe just having a spotlight there to make it work again i really like what they did with joel gray here yeah When the light isn't on, it does look bad. But when the light's on, thumbs up.
1: Yeah, yeah. I almost wish they had chosen one or the other and just, like, stuck with it.
0: That could have been a good choice because then you wouldn't notice the difference and you wouldn't be as flippant on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, So there's this great moment here where... where So, you know, you get that exchange where the ghost is, like, making people happy isn't a big deal. What did he do? Like, spend a little money? Like, who cares? Right? Goading Scrooge a little bit. And Scrooge is like, like you don't know what you're talking about, and then um, he has this moment where he's like, he's like, maybe, well, maybe, maybe it's just memory. Like, maybe, maybe this was all crap. Maybe things change. Maybe I'm just like, maybe I feel like this was good just because you know I'm I'm looking back on it now, but it's not reality. Like he almost has a moment where he's doubting like the efficacy of his own memory of this.
0: Mm. It, but but it, then what... he's like,
1: no, it was exactly this good.
0: But that's but what's great about that is both could be true in that moment,
1: right? Like, sure,
0: yeah. Like, it is, the only thing that's real is his memory, in a sense, right? And yeah. so it's as real as it ever was to him at that moment. And it's that's one of my favorite moments with Scrooge in that scene. Not the outburst when he just shouts at the ghosts of Christmas past, which is one of those moments where Patrick needed the director to be like, I know what you're going for here. Yeah. Take it down nuts. notch.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's like that scene in First Contact where he like shoots all the ships because he's mad at the Borg. The line must be drawn here.
0: It. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been upset about being a Borg before, but now it's my movie Dick
1: <laughs> Engage. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like if I didn't just title these episodes, like the title of whatever thing we were watching, the title of this episode would be bad. Patrick Stewart. Cause that's all we've been doing for the last hour and a half. Make it. So <laughs> yeah, I might have to. <laughs> um, so we move on to, to the big breakup scene. Young Scrooge is dressed like an emo cowboy and bell is the gingerbread man.
0: Can we just <laughs> back up a second though, John, before we get to their breaking up when bell walks in and looks at Scrooge these two get it on. Yeah. They are in love and love each other. And the love is just palpable between these two young people. Yeah.
1: It's so-, so much that this very like non artsy movie gets like artsy for a second. And they're the only ones dancing. And then it's snowing. It's a very cool shot. It's like a shot. That's way too good for this TV movie. It's
0: nominated for its cinematography.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, they're so about anyway, to, they're they're we join them kind of mid breakup, like like she's taking him to the somewhere where it's not too public. They're walking in the woods, which is pretty much where they always break up in the park somewhere. But it's like yeah. the conversation, not is-
1: actually, in the ones we've watched. So so far, they've broken up in his apartment, in her apartment in his office, her. Bedroom, I guess, if you count Ghosts of Girlfriend's Past. So we've only seen one where it was the park, and it was the Richard Williams one so no, far.
0: No, wait a minute. Is that what? What's the book? If you can remind me, what's the book uh, location?
1: In the book, they're in the park. So okay, so again, this is, it, the park. It, the park is like the official version of right. it. But up until the Richard Williams version, it was never that. Like they've wow. done it in all these different locations. Interesting, right? Because you
0: think about it, like I guess if you put it in the office or you put it on on a set. Um, If you put it somewhere where the money or the ledger is ever present in the background of Scrooge, it kind of gives like a little bit more of the circumstances of where Scrooge is at in his life. It's like, it's very easy to say, Oh, this is, he's got an office, he's making money, but the money has become all he's about at this point. Yeah. I think by breaking it down just to the woods, which would be cheaper in a lot of respects, but whatever by putting it there, it simplifies it to the two of them,
1: you know? Well, yeah, I think it depends on what you're trying to do because I think, I I felt like the Albert Finney version in his office was really effective because she could do that thing throwing like the coins on the scale. He can watch her leave from the window. Like that's the, I think probably my favorite version of the scene that we've seen so far. This one is very good for reasons that will become apparent. So the breakup itself is... It's literally just the dialogue from the book, but the big difference is Patrick Stewart is standing there going, why don't you say something to her? Like you don't be afraid, go after her, it's, right? He's asking the spirit, like, why isn't he saying anything? And it's strong. I mean, this is like,
0: well, cause he knows what that means. He's lived it. He's lived the mistakes of his younger self. And that's, what's coming through here. And what he's the line he says is, "Don't be afraid, because that's weakness." And he's not weak. Ebenezer Scrooge is a strong businessman, and you're being weak now. You should be with her. She should be a part of your success. Go after her, and it's the it's the madness that goes along with that realization that not only was he weak then, he's still weak and he's still weak and he can't change what he did and he's got to live with it. And I, I was, once I knew this production was going very faithful to the book, I didn't think Bell was going to come back at all. I never had that fear that year, but man, I was really happy with Patrick's performance. And I think if you're not at least hitting some of what he's doing here with this scene, you're, you're screwing up. Like you've always got to have this choice of, argue with yourself try but because what he's doing here he's also mirroring in a way the spirits that try to give their wealth back in a sense you know like he can't change what has happened
1: um and it's followed up by like a really weak end to this this is this is very strange so he's he's like show me no more i don't want to see any of this and then he's like back home and he's like slowly walking up the stairs and then he turns around and he's like stop haunting me and then he like goes back down the stairs to crush the spirit under the the you know the glowing cap thing and something about like the transition to him like back at his house and slowly walking up the stairs and then suddenly being like really upset like get away from me felt really weird like the pacing it it was like this weird dip in the pacing that undercut all of the tension of that moment
0: you can get you can do that exact same scene and can land a lot more with some score underneath of it yeah. and just have him walk from the park, walk through the streets, walk back to his house. And remember Scrooge doesn't know how long this has been. That could be as realistic out as a walk as it would be for him. Imagine if he walks to his house with his younger self all the way there. Of course, we're not going to see the whole thing. We fade in and out of shots, but you would really get that beat, and then his younger self fades away, and he's left there with the ghost, and then haunt me no more.
1: Yeah. But, but he... So I I will say when we watch the George C. Scott version, which is a, like just a little bit older than this, and also a TV, we're going to see this sequence done – so I think it looks – more interesting when Patrick Stewart is doing it, like the way it's shot, like crushing the the spirit under the under the cap mm-hmm. but the the pacing of it from the end of the breakup scene into him doing that, and the way it's scored in his emotion is way stronger in that version, I'm, so I'll be interested that we can come back to this and talk about it when we do the George C. Scott version whenever that happens.
0: yeah, there's only one really interesting shot here again, nominee for its cinematography, and it's when you get a really like from the spirit's point of view of Scrooge putting the cap on and it, it, it's, a, it's it's okay. It's a, it's a nice shot to have, but we don't, we get like these little spurts of interesting shots and then they fade away. But again, who might argue
1: nominated for cinematography, nominated for cinematography. Indeed. Well, James, uh, yeah. we are going to have to talk about the rest of why this film is nominated for cinematography in our next episode, because it's time for you and I to play a little game that I like to call casting carols. Oh boy. Um, and I, I took the Liberty while we were talking of pulling up my list and randomly generating a number and James. That number is a big number. Oh no. That is number one. No. Which means this week we get to cast Ebenezer Scrooge.
0: Damn it, Bobby! Okay. Um, folks, we're gonna take a sizable break here for a moment to think about yeah. this one because this yeah. This is the question. And remember, we are consider we are keeping score of who we already have in our movie. So I have Jeff Goldblum as my as my Marley, Correct. and I, and I also have Jack Black and Gilda Radner as my uh, Fezziwig and uh, my as my Fezziwigs.
1: Who do you have
0: right. in yours so far
1: John? So I, I had Paul Bettany as as Ebenezer Scrooge and I had Nathan Lane and shoot um, Carol Kane as the Fezziwigs. Mm. Um, and we haven't done this one in a few episodes because our last episode was like a wonder. Hmm. So
0: I'm really trying to think right now because this is this is crucial. This is really. God, I wish I had. I've that. had
1: mine actually figured out for a very long time, and I'm excited to hear what you think Wait, about it. It's li- different, but I actually think it's it's pretty good.
0: Okay, well, why don't you go first, and then I'll think of it.
1: You you feel okay? So, uh, for for my version of this, okay. The Ebenezer Scrooge that I have chosen is Robert Downey Jr.
0: John, I was actually thinking about him as well. No lie.
1: So here's my, here's here's my thought process, right? So he's, he, I would say he's a little bit too young for the role, but to be totally honest, he's actually at the right age for the role right yeah. now. A lot of right? people
0: cast this as his ancient old man, which they would have looked that way back then, maybe, because,
1: I don't know. That's just my opinion. But
0: <laughs> he's the right age. He's the right age for
1: Scrooge. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I, I think that if, if you you want someone who can be um, funny, right? Scrooge is, has, has comedic moments, like funny moments. You want someone who can be deeply sad and troubled, which I think Robert Downey Jr. has proved over and over again that that's in his wheelhouse, right? Like that he can play broken characters. That's a big piece of his, like... Whole ethos. Um, I think that he is one of like the strong points of the Sherlock Holmes movies. Right, his performance in those shows that he can take on like a British role and and not come off as too painfully American. I think he'd be really good. I think he'd be a really unique take on the character, something that we haven't seen before. It's been in my head and I like haven't been able to shake it as much as I've tried. So Robert Downey Jr. is my Ebenezer Scrooge. With that in mind, then. Because I was thinking
0: about RDJ for my Scrooge. I now remember somebody I had in my backup. My Scrooge is Paul Giamatti. Oh, that's a very cool take. I'm very into that. I think it's a completely different look. He's not a good looking Scrooge, he's the kind of an everyman type of character. But can he do a British accent and commit to that strength that Scrooge needs for certain moments? Yeah. Watch the miniseries, John Adams. Yes. And that's uh, where all my time,
1: sp- like all time fave. So good.
0: If, if you want to know why I would pick him, he's he's got the energy. He's got the range. He's got the tenderness for those moments. If you t- watch Big fat liar. If you don't think he can play crazy lunatic guy at the end of the movie to be so celebratory, like this, he's I think he would play well off of Jeff Gold, uh, of of, of, of Jeff Goldblum, like him against Jack Black as Fezziwigs.
1: Like, this is I think it's I think it's wild that the version that you, you are doing, like, the there's that thing where like a, a generally comedic actor plays like a really serious role hmm. and you have now cast four different roles with comic actors in these roles. I think it's great. I think it's a really, really strong and interesting cast.
0: I think the season is Mary. And I think that with that in mind, you want to tell the story to children. It's, it's, it's meant for children as much as it's meant for adults. And I think, there is this thing back in the late 70s when they were still trying to figure out children's movies and such that they cast a lot of comedic actors in different little things here and there and that culminated with Robin Williams in Aladdin. And that's where yeah. it kind of has gone since then. Um I I think this is something that a lot of comedic actors would be would like to sink their teeth into and uh yeah, I guess that is my theme for my movie. Okay then. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love it, man. Oh, I, I love it. So, so that's,
0: so RDJ again, who's your Marley again?
1: I'm Paul Bettany. So we got like a little MCU going on. Oh,
0: dude.
1: This is good stuff, right? I, I,
0: okay. So at the end of this, we need to have a poster, right? Like we need to oh, have, oh
1: yeah, we'll figure something out.
0: But We got to have like a poster of our two different movies. And cause you know, modern movies, all posters are just every single actor on the poster. That's all the movie is. We can do that for this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, listeners, if you if you feel like making us a poster at some point, um, feel free to do that. Uh, and I guess we're wrapping up. So if, if you at home listening have any wise ideas as to who might play a really interesting Ebenezer Scrooge, uh, you can email us at uh, Jacob Marley is dead at gmail.com. And we'll, we'll read those into the record in our next episode. Um, or you can tweet them at us at uh, Marley is dead pod on Twitter. Uh, James, mm. what is uh, something that our, our listenership can do to support us?
0: Well, you know, John, you can go to iTunes or anywhere else where you listen to your podcasts and leave us a five star five star. Five star, five star, five star review, baby! Please, please, please go that. and do
1: that. We have actually had a, a few, a few people give us some five star reviews, which has been really great. They're listening to your advice, Jimmy. Look, I know um, it.
0: I, I do a, a big production with it, and it's a silly thing to do, but it really, really does help out the podcast. I know you hear that from everybody on every social media like content thing ever, but you like us right like come on leave the five star review please yeah like come on now
1: yeah yeah like why not like don't be stingy don't be a scrooge like i see you there anybody you're
0: sitting down on your toilet listening to your podcast why don't you just you know open it up go there and click the button
1: do it Well, if you've enjoyed this, uh, please tune in next time for the second half of our discussion of the 1999 TV movie, A Christmas Carol. And until then, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone.